Hello and welcome to episode 153 of Take Flight Podcast with your favourite quartet, myself, Daniel Johnson, Fabilo Timbo, Olu Okanola and Shuel Ahmed. On this episode, we're going to share with you our thoughts on the stock market in the last two years. So as you've heard, probably in the news, the stock market is down, the stock market is down, it's down a certain percentage. And really why? Of course, in 2020, we went through a global pandemic where everything seemed to be going down. We've somewhat recovered, but then again, this year we're faced with rising interest rates, the cost of living crisis, and many other factors like the war and tension in Russia and Ukraine. So really, what does this have to do with the stock market? How are industries coping? And what does this look like for the future? So without further ado, we're going to get started and dig deeper into it. So guys, before we get into this week's topic, I think we all, we all our listeners will know that we're all somewhat invested into the stock market through uh, our portfolios to some degree. Even though we may have property on the books, we still have some varying assets as well. But before we get into it, how's everyone doing? Um, Shawel, we'll start with you because uh, you've had a, an interesting couple of weeks, haven't you? Yes. So it's great to see all of all of you guys again. Yeah, it's been a busy uh, 10 days, I would say. I was actually in Australia uh, and it was a trip related to my studies. So in brief, what we had to do for a particular module was split up into small groups of five or six people, uh, find a client that we needed to help with a consulting project. And then at the end of that, deliver some shape of work to them. And now I was quite fortunate to be part of an amazing group of six people that had a client that was in Australia. And this particular client is called Luxury Escape. So it's quite a large travel company in Australia. Uh, and what was amazing was that this company, they started in 2013 and without taking any outside investment, turned a business from $50,000 to half a billion dollars in a matter of 10 years. And that's half a billion dollars revenue as well, top line that they're going to do this year. Yeah. So it was inspiring to, to be around the team, the founders, the office, what they've been able to wow. carve out. And it was, um, yeah, it just made me feel really inspired by the way of working and just being there. And on top of that, of course, Australia is a, it's a beautiful country. I'm now long Australia. It's a great country. If it was closer to the UK, I probably would move there myself. Uh, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been a great 10 days and I'll try and unpack some of it in a uh, Take Flight Takeaways episode soon. Uh, but yeah, my voice is a bit croaky because I've just arrived back earlier this morning. Um, but yeah, it's good to get back into it and of course catch up with all you guys on this very meaty topic that we have planned today. Sure, I'm quite surprised that um, it's your first time in Australia, given that you lived that way, um, that side of the world, for a couple of years. Yes, yeah, actually, time? it's actually yeah, second time, second time in Australia. So oh. when I was living in uh, when I was living in Tokyo, I uh, flew there for a weekend. It was like a seven hour flight then. Uh, this time it was almost twenty four hours door to door travel. So it was such a such a long distance away. Um, but yeah, the last time was twenty sixteen. So it was nice to be back in the country. Getting them point, getting those miles in. Um, like, like, like to know your carbon footprint. Uh, yeah, P, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, all good. <laughs> we're, definitely, we're definitely not going to do an, uh, an episode on the environment, I guess, or not again, anyway. Yes, yeah, so yeah, all good. P, how you, P, P, how yeah, on my side, all good. Everybody's well. Family's great. I'm feeling good. No, no major updates um, this time around. Just, um, you know, trying to learn about the markets, learn what's happening, uh, trying to study more about real estate and understand what decisions to make. Um, with regards to my portfolio. So 
that's probably what I've been focusing on the last couple days, weeks. Great. And and Olu, how are you? You've had a, a very eventful weekend, it looked like, for those that see your um, <laughs> updates. No, I'm good. Um, the weekend was a lot of fun. Caught up with some friends. Um, took part in one of Daniel's favourite hobbies, uh, making cocktails. Um, so I did a cocktail making class, which was a lot of fun. Um, and I think the last few weeks have been very busy work-wise. And similar to P, right, I think it's just lots of noise right now um, in multiple markets, property, stocks, wherever you turn, there's a lot of noise. Um, me personally, I've been trying to block it because I think there's a lot of, there's so many areas for you to find fear in news. Um, so I've tried to just sort of block it and continue to live my everyday and follow certain fundamentals in which I believe in. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that's the key thing to do in this scary moment. Um, try to follow fundamentals and try not to be too afraid with the news that you hear because otherwise you'll just be living your life in fear. And I always say control what you can control, everything else, don't worry about it. But Daniel, yourself, how have you been? Yeah, I've been good, thank you. It's been a, a week since I've been back to work now. Um, I think I mentioned on last week's episode, or the last episode we did as a four, I was on a recharge week. So it was nice to just to rest and I'm back to work to end, and end the fourth quarter, or start the fourth quarter and end the year um, in, in a great way, uh, professionally and personally. So it's um, really looking good so far and uh, looking forward to the last, um, the last quarter. So yeah, you guys we're, actually we're... ever work? Because I'm hearing maternity leave recharge week. Is this a new thing? I've never heard of a yeah. recharge week. Yeah. So actually, the reason why we have a recharge week is because we work very hard. Mm. So the Got recharge it. week is to recharge your batteries because we often, I think, as our CEO communicated in a Forbes post early in the year, we work like we're working in sprints. So we work very, very hard for a quarter, and you're almost draining yourself, and then you're able to rest and recharge and really attack the next quarter. And I think it's a good philosophy in the fact that you're able to just look forward to something that's not part of your annual leave um, and then to relax and rest. And the reason why it was part partly brought into the company was because he would always, every quarter, schedule a week off just to recharge and take rest. And then it was introduced as a company-wide thing where everyone would have the opportunity to do so. And I think it's worked really well. But like you said, paternity feels like there there is a lot of um, time off that I'm taking, quite rightly so. But I'm also given a lot of work, so right. you know my results speak for themselves. Okay. Anyway, um, let's get into this topic. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about the stock market, and maybe I'll just give a few definitions of a few things for anyone who may has who may not be aware of what the stock market is, or some acronyms and terms that get thrown around get thrown around a lot. And maybe just to share a few of those. So ultimately, the stock market, you probably hear and heard of that there's a global stock market and one in most countries. And the stock market essentially is an opportunity for buyers and sellers. It's a marketplace to buy and sell shares within a company. A share gives you some right or ownership to a company. Depending, depending on the type of share you have, you may have voting rights, uh, but we'll go into detail. And often when you may hear the news, whether it be BBC or on the radio, you hear that maybe in London, the FTSE is down a certain number of percentage or percentage points. So let's start with kind of the main indices or indexes around the globe, just so people have an understanding of what they are, because these 
this becomes very important when we talk about the stock market because an index encapsulates a certain number of stocks within a country. So starting with the UK, the main index, I'd say the main because there are many, many indexes. Um, the main is the FTSE 100. And this broadly consists of the largest 100 qualifying UK companies by their full market value. In the US, you have the S&P 500, which is the Standard & Poor's 500 index. And this features the leading 500 US publicly traded companies with um, a primary emphasis on the market capitalization. In Japan, you have the Nikkei 225, and this is the Japan's most important stock index. It reflects business activity in the country and contains 225 stocks as a, as a given or guessed by the name from different companies traded on the Japanese stock exchange. In France, you have the CAC 40, or CAC 40, as we'll just say in England, but in French, 40 is 40. Index, it's the best known French um, stock market index, and it includes the 40 largest companies trading on Euronext Paris, which is their stock exchange. Um, and in Germany, you have the DAX 40, which represents 40 of the largest and most liquid German companies that trade on the Frankfurt exchange. You have many other indexes um, globally, even in the US, you have the NASDAQ, which is focused on technology stocks and com sorry, technology companies. Um, but this is just something to, to think about. And when you think of an index, like or trying to think of a share within a company, a share, think of a share like a single, so a music single, you're just buying a piece of a, of a, of a company. And think of an index like a playlist where you have the top singles within a compilation or compiled disc or say a playlist so think of if you're not looking if you don't know how to invest or trade you might think okay i'm not going to pick stocks i'm just going to choose the best hundred performing companies on an exchange and i'm just going to buy um, a fund that tracks that index so i thought we'll start there um just to kind of give a few definitions um before we we, we talk collectively so um i, I want to kind of share very briefly uh, maybe two sentences and then we can open up into conversation of what the, the, the three of you have observed also with regards to the stock market. So with the stock market, it's down certain percentage points or down certain percentage. And we've seen that heard um, and repeated, repeated over and over this year and last year to some degree. And why is that? You know, what are your, what are your thoughts or compelling reasons to why the stock market's down? Maybe we'll start with you, Olu. Yeah, um, I would say it's down based on multiple factors, right? I think one, you can argue or you can look at um, the two-year cycle, right? I think 2021, we saw stocks, equities, um, assets increase, especially due to sort of COVID, um, I would say higher demand, you saw stocks, quote unquote, be overvalued in certain cases. I think right now in 2022, the story is, I would call it, is a crash correction where people have looked at assets and said, okay, and equities and said, are these particular stocks or markets overvalued? Um, especially with a lot of fear. Whenever there's fear in a market, typically people react. One of the big fear factors that you're seeing right now is inflation. We're seeing such a large amount of inflation. We're seeing interest rates go to such high or high levels in comparison to the last sort of 10 years, where I think we mentioned in a few episodes ago around property. Think about 
you're able to go and borrow money at such a low um, low cost. So you can get 1%, 2% interest rates. You're able to take that money and now invest and be able to generate a higher return for your money. In those sort of environments, it's easy to take money cheap, invest it in productive assets, productive businesses, and inflate your revenue. Now that the, that capital is more expensive, it's now harder to, for you to get that return. Whenever you think about stocks, how I try to think about stocks, there's really two sides of it. You've got stocks and you've got like bonds or treasury or government bonds. And what these are is like what they call um, low risk or cost um, risk-free returns. And the way to think about that is these bonds, these treasuries are backed by government. And in certain cases, they will say, hey, I'm going to give you 4% return with zero risk because it's backed by the government in certain cases. Now, what people, when people are looking at the stock market, they're going to want to get a higher return than that 4% there, right? So because of the fact that people can get a, a higher return on these sort of quote-unquote low-risk assets, bonds, right? Now, people are looking at the market, looking at the stock selling off. So a big term that you might hear in the stock market is sell-offs. So what sell-off is people are selling their stocks, turning that into cash, either holding it in cash because they feel like the market is not going to provide um, them a future outcome or future return that they feel is sufficient, or they might put it into these fixed asset bonds where they can get 4%, 5% on their money. So just to ask, go back and answer your question, Daniel, I think what's happening in 2022, which is making the stock market drop, is really fit right? Fair if it's inflation, fair if it's interest rates, fair if it's what's going on in Ukraine, fair if it's just in terms of just uncertainty. Because there's all these different fear factors, it's leading to a point where people are now saying, hey, am I going to be able to get the return that I expected in the next two, three, four, five years? I think you dropped some some good points there, Olu. It's a shame you're not wearing a turtleneck because you're definitely um, in your element today. Uh, for anyone who doesn't get the turtleneck reference, uh, refer to episode 71 of this podcast. Um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but just, um, yeah, just to add, uh, Olu, thanks for sharing. Yeah, so I think one thing that we actually spoke about pretty well and covered in the last episode, and Daniel, you mentioned this, which, which is about uh, cycles. And I think it's very important for listeners, investors, consumers to understand that we live in periods of cycles and so there are multiple ways to sort of understand and look at uh, share prices and one of the ways that I tend to look at it is to understand a sh- for me a share price also reflects a company's ability to be productive uh, push new products into the market it's innovation and when we saw all-time high valuations in 2021 I think people should be asking themselves is this a true reflection of a company being productive or just what's happening as a pattern of trend within the market so what we're seeing today in terms of or expecting a correction, I think is not a surprise. I think we can expect that because I think where the, a correction is moving back to a more true reflection of what the valuation should be, right, amongst what companies are actually producing. Um, yeah, so so that's kind of what I think is, is you know, I think a lot of what we're seeing today is, is economics um, 101. I think the other thing I also wanted to add is around um, what we're seeing in 2022 are companies really um, assessing their earnings, right? And and sort of 
with especially with a spike in interest rates, that's going to push up the cost of borrowing, and which will have its effects. And so a lot of analyst reports now are going to be looking at how do we look at the price targets and revise those uh, share prices by year end, right? So I think I think that'll be interesting space to see and see how that evolves in terms of big corporations having a particular um, forecast at the beginning of the year and how much that's changed by the year end. Um, I was just going to say, um, just to give another definition, because we've been talking about a sell-off market or people or mostly selling off because that's what people are doing. Um, but the terms are bull or bullish or bearish. Um, and just to say a bull market is a market that is on the rise and where the economy is generally sound, while a bear market is the opposite um, and it exists when the economy is receding. So where most stocks are declining in value. Although it's sometimes said people or investors are being bullish or bearish, um, irrespective of that, general investors are bullish because they want the prices to rise. But I just thought it'd be good for us to um, to share that. Um, so, Shiro, over to you for your thoughts. No, I think on, on my side, it'd be very quick because because Olu and, and Piers always have covered some some great points. I think overall, there's just so much uncertainty going on at the market at, at the moment. And I think S, S&P 500, the NASDAQ, all of these things are in double digit negative territory for the year. So, it's been a it's been a very bearish year, Daniel, based on the definition that you just mentioned as well. And if you think about the uncertainty and risk at the moment, inflation is still not under control. Interest rates are just going up across the world, but still no one knows where the end is for that. And then on top of that, you add all the geopolitical risk about Ukraine, oil prices. All of these things will always translate into higher costs that will probably relate lead to less sales reduce profitability, and this will always translate into lower cash flows. And essentially, a, a stock price today is a view of future expected cash flows in the future. Now, if all of those factors that I just mentioned lead to a lower rate of growth, lower profitability, lower cash flow, then this will ultimately have an impact on the on the, on the the stock market and the, the stock of a, of a company. And at the moment, no one really knows where the bottom is. And I think you compound all of those things into the situation that we have now. And I think this is why we just continue to see declines and people still probably waiting for the for the bottom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's an interesting time at the moment. Um, as we mentioned in previous episodes, when we've looked at other asset classes, it's a good time just to be aware of the situation and get educated on it. Uh, and then hopefully this episode and other episodes help people guide through this this period. But I, I, met- I think that's it from my side. Yeah. Uh, sure, you mentioned a great point around waiting. And there are a lot of uh, companies and experts, a lot of them waiting for the Fed, for example, um, central banks to see what they actually do in response to uh, tackling and combating int- um, inflation. So there's very much a period where we're seeing a decline, um, but you're not necessarily seeing final decisions or actions taken yet until we see um, maybe a bit more clearer as to what's happening. Mm-hmm. I think one one interesting, just to throw out there, one interesting um, uh pattern to observe is to and I think that speaks to how severe or how quickly you see a recession coming um is around unemployment when we when we look at you know earnings that will sort of be challenged uh bottom lines will be challenged um that's ultimately going to have companies in a position where they look at to say okay how do I basically optimize costs even further right um and so I think if we start to see uh, a case cases where and I think there are reports around that where unemployment starts to increase i think that's certainly um um one of the most significant changes within the market that i think is going to have a bigger impact across the board completely completely agree um and for anyone who's interested um, specifically in the u.s market they release um the unemployment um, or the job market figures every friday um 
on on Shaw's point about we don't know where the bottom is, I just wanted to share a bit of history or some context um, just um, in regards to the stock market um, over the years. So September historically is the worst month for stocks, and this dates back to the 1950s. In 2022, it was the single worst month since March 2020. So all major indices, so the indices that I was referring to at the beginning of the episode, bar the NASDAQ, recorded their worst September for 20 years. That's two decades. That's, that's crazy. Um, the month of September closed out the worst nine-month start in two decades, but the 3rd of October was the third best start to an October since 1930. So you can see the great juxtaposition there. So maybe we're on, it was a, a down, uh, a rectember, and we're now on an October. Who knows? Well, we've got, we've got a fair <laughs> bit of October to go out. Um, and then the perception is that the market is too bearish and that the bottom hasn't fully yet been reached to Shuel's point. Um, and this may be due to not us knowing or us being in an official recession, um, although we, we tend to think we are, it's just that it hasn't been officially announced. Um, mm -hmm. And the S&P had the worst start of the year this year since 1974 and 2002. So in 1974, the bare bottom was October 3rd. And in 2002, uh, the bottom was October 9th. So with history speaking for itself, who knows, we could be near a bottom, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting tale of events as, as we move forward. Um, just kind of, guys, kind of, when we think about the trends that we've seen over the, the last two years, we've seen some specific industries like the tech, um, the tech market um, have, have dropped 70%. Other firms, companies have dropped dramatically post the, the great COVID returns that they were showing. Um, and so in terms of the outlook, where, where do we where do we think this is going to go? Of course, this is not financial advice. This is based on just our own sort of research and what we think the trends may be. But where do you think we're going to move in the next, say, six to 12 months, especially when we've spoken about the rise in interest rates? We've seen the rate of inflation continue to rise, the cost of living um, rising. How do you think this is going to play out on, on the stock market? Yeah, um, Daniel, I think, like you said, we're not giving financial advice to anyone out there, right? And the way I look at this, I'm not looking at short term. Um, I always say to anyone that I talk to, I say, what type of investor are you? And in my mind, my investment is for long term. I don't think about one year, six months. I don't really care what happens in that short period of time because personally, we're still young, right? We're in our early 30s. We're going to be investing, God willing, for the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years, right? Um, hopefully looking to build generational wealth. So when I think about what's going on in the market, I'll, if I'm completely honest, I'm excited for what's going on in the market. One, because I think as our generation, one of the things we've complained about is everything is overpriced. Us trying to buy properties, we're always having to buy at record prices us trying to invest in the stock market we're always having to invest at record prices so you've got to look at a few things when i think about what's going on in the market and where do i believe it's trending going forward the first thing is understanding okay which industries are being impacted at the moment at the moment pretty much every industry is in negative red apart from probably energy energy mm -hmm. prices right I remember on this podcast, these guys used to always complain about my oil and gas stocks. 
You're not laughing now. <laughs> 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 no, but, um, that's what that's why Olu, you're I, I, right? I stand you're good. <laughs> Olu, I stand by my comment in previous episodes. Since you've become CFO, you're a different animal, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still the same. But Olu, Olu, a wise a wise man once said, "You haven't won until you've taken your chips off the table." And I have. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. Um, but no, but looking back at all the industries, pretty much every single industry is in the red. Now, when I look at investing and want to invest, I particularly look at sort of the S&P 500, which I think um, Daniel explained is made up of 500 um, top companies, American companies, all weighted very differently. Now, I think when you look at markets and anything that happens in life, I try to say it's very rare that we go for unique unique experiences lots of stuff has happened during history and you have to do your homework you have to do look at history and say okay let me look at when the markets previously crashed and what actually happened during those particular times so if we go back and just look at the last market crashes right we had covid in 2020 where the market dropped about 34 percent right that well, what did, covered... go on what did it end what did the year end 2020 what did it end on what do you mean? On a positive or a negative? Yeah, exactly. Were you going to share? On a positive. So I was exactly. going to say in terms of how long it took to recover. It took to recover, one month to recover in that scenario. In 2008, um, we had the mortgage crisis, right? Markets dropped by around 57% in certain cases, S&P 500. Again, that took 18 months to recover. Um, the dot-com bubble in the 2000s, the NASDAQ dropped around sort of 70 80 percent um you're looking at s p 500 dropped around 22 percent again with that that took um, a longer period of time but 15 years to recover you've got also in 1973 the oil crisis um which again markets dropped by 48 percent it took 21 months to recover now for the listeners there's a theme there and that theme is recovery so in the history of the market, and as long as the market has been created, there is going to be a recovery. Unless we are, we're all going to say, hey, look, I don't believe life is going to get better. I don't believe innovation is going to get better. I don't believe we're going to have a better standard of living experience. I'm banking on 10 years, 20 years down the line, life is going to be better. They're going to be more profitable businesses. If you look like 15 years ago or even more, we were talking about the best companies out there were like General Electrics, right? <laughs> now we've got companies like Apple. In the next 10 years, there's going to be an innovative, maybe Tesla or whatever company is going to be created. Mm -hmm. So the way I look at this is, I look at this as a, and again, this is no advice to anyone else. This is a buying opportunity. This is the time where, you should either continue what you were doing. And I've been investing in the market for the last 10, for the last five, 10 years. I'm going to continue doing that because right now I see this as a discount. And the reason I see this as a discount is not that I don't believe that the corrections are right. It's just, I believe human nature is that we overreact in every situation. So we mentioned it before is where, when we were overpriced, again, it's an overreaction, we're overpriced. Now that this correction is overreaction, we're going to be underpriced. So these are the times. And again, I'm not trying to 
predict the bottom. It could continue going down another 10, 20, 30, even 50%. But like what I went through before, in all those cases, it recovered and it reached all-time highs or went even further up. And I only look at this, and I think I discussed this a long time ago. With your money, you've only got a few options with it. You either spend it. So I know me, if I've got money, in, if I put a £10 note in my pocket, it's not going to last a month. At some <laughs> particular time, I'm going to spend that £10 note. Yeah? The other option is to save it. So either keep it your, underneath your bed, hide it somewhere and put it there. And guess what? Inflation is going to eat away at that £10. Or the third option is to invest it. And for me, now you've got a choice. Do you invest in property? Do you invest in the stock market? Where, what assets do you want to invest it in? And personally, myself, based on history, based on markets that are always recovered, okay, it might take longer than normal. I'm going to bet on investing. And in two, three, even if it's five years, I expect to get a better return for that money that I decided to invest. Yeah. But I'll pass on to the rest. Can I just quickly add before we go to Daniel? Um, I think, Oli, what you've done there was very neatly shared for the listeners your investment thesis your, your, and your thinking. And I think it's a very, very important point that we communicate to people in the sense of if you consider yourself to be an investor, anyone listening, or a stock investor, it doesn't make any sense if you are now flip-flopping your position on stocks because of what's happening within the market. What Oli was talking to is effectively how he views how he has studied historical trends and patterns, how he views it today, and what's his thinking moving forward. And I think a lot of us, including the ones that are already investing, have to look at our investment thesis and say, what do we believe? What, have, what has happened in our, in our um, industry, in our field? What do we think is going to happen? Um, so just my take on that, I think sometimes is a little less social media uh, tips and more studying, more research, and more staying close to people that are actually active in that space, right? Um, and then have your principles within your investment thesis, I think is a very, very important point um, to make. And everybody has to make their own personal predictions of what they think is going to happen. Uh, Daniel? No, I was going to hand it over to Shaw before I kind of give the final take. Yeah, I mean, I mean, very quickly on my side, I think in terms of what we're seeing now, so we've seen a lot of these um, companies reducing value. And a lot of these companies were at all-time highs last year, some of them with zero revenue, some with minimal revenue, with massive revenue projections that have ultimately not translated into reality. So I think all of this indicates that there will be a return to fundamentals. So what does that mean? That means, is your top line actually growing? Is your cost line growing less than how quickly your sales are growing? Your profitability levels as a business, is this also growing? Do you have enough money to reinvest in your business? Do you have enough money to pay dividends? All the fundamentals that probably had been lost in the previous five years um, before this year, these have now come back to the forefront. And I think this will just become even more important. And with this, probably what we will see is hundreds of businesses completely get washed out. Businesses that never really had a chance that were built on projections that were built mm. on extremely high valuations, but not reality. These businesses will be washed away. And ultimately, what will be left will be the businesses like the Apples, the Googles, the businesses that have a fundamental business that has profitability that grows, that has cash flow that grows. And I think these are the businesses that will continue to grow forward. And I think on the flip side, companies that are starting out, I think we've spoken about it in the last recession, companies like Airbnb were created, Uber were created. Now, that's not to say that companies with 
um, projections won't turn into reality. But I think probably the best startups will also be created during this time because during this period, you won't be able to hire the people who are just trying to join your company because you've got a really hot stock price. But you'll probably get people to join your company that really want to build a business together with you. And I think if you can get a good team of people like that around you during this time and you can work on a great product that actually has good fundamentals, then some of the best new companies will be created during this time as well. So I'm actually quite optimistic, but there'll just be a lot of crap that will be washed out and a lot of mm. poor businesses that will be pulled out of the market. But I think from there, there will be some good ones that stick it through. Yeah. As you well, just on that point, right? And that's why I think try to pick, in me personally, try to pick individual companies is so difficult, right? Mm. Because of what you just mentioned, right? There's some that are going to be washed away because of the fact that they're, either not profitable, whatever rationale, there's going to be some that are going to succeed. And that's why I prefer diversifying in certain indexes, mm. such as S&P 500, because they do that work for you, right? They reshuffle and say, okay, what are the top 500 companies, right? And they will do that allocation for you. And you're just basically saying, I believe, for example, the US market is going to grow by X amount, the UK market, whatever market you're doing, versus having to take that additional risk of trying to pick up individual stocks. Now, obviously, there's a higher return if you pick up the next Apple prior to it becoming an Apple, right? But it's a lot more risk than do you want to take on that risk. I was going to just add uh, three, if for listeners that are into, for our listeners that are actually um, advocates of the stock market and, and stock investors, I've just got three things to, perhaps from my perspective, to maybe look at and pay attention to over the next coming months. One um, sure, you spoke about companies that effectively will be washed away. And I think what that speaks to is try and focus on companies that have a core customer base. In an inflationary environment, people won't be spending on unnecessary items or goods. So those boutique, more sort of expensive, unique products perhaps won't have much of a business. So which companies have a core uh, customer base where it's effectively a necessity? Um, the second thing is um, have a look at, if you're studying companies, have a look at their balance sheets, have a look at the amount of debt that they have and their ability to service their debt over the coming uh, months and years because the interest rates are going up. The third thing to perhaps look at is pay close attention to companies which bot the bottom line is being challenged. So effectively profits are maybe declining, but they're still willing to increase their dividend per share for shareholders, right? So that's something that you might just want to have a look at and just see. And it just speaks to the attitude of the leadership team and be what that signals moving forward. So just some couple tips from, from my side. No, great. I think you, you, all three of you have spoken so much. I don't think I've got much to say. Um, no, but I was just going to say, in 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 regard to the the stock market or even investing in an index. So just one thing to to notice: you can't actually directly invest in an index. So anyone who wants to sort of use that method rather than pick stock specifically, um, you can't. But you can invest in one of the many funds that use it as a benchmark. Um, so what an index tries to do, or a fund is try and track the index rather than outperform an index, which like a mutual fund will try and do. Um, and then, you know, just lastly to note, when we saw this the last couple of weeks, we saw one of the greatest uh, investors who shared so much insight. He um, he decided to hand over leadership of his company. And that's none other than Ray Dalio, who um, founded Bridgewater's um, Associates. That's probably the, the best returning and biggest hedge fund in the world. He's I think his net worth himself is 19.1 billion. And for anyone who doesn't follow him on social media or Instagram or LinkedIn, please do. He shares a great wealth of knowledge. He had his book Principles. Um, that was that was released um, and he continues to share and I said despite him stepping down as sort of the head co-chairman co-ceo of, of Bridgewater Associates he's going to continue to continue in this capacity where he's going to share continue to invest as well um, 
But nevertheless, you know, it's going to be an interesting time for the next couple of years in the stock market, I think. Um, how it performs is going to be very dependent on other factors that we've mentioned in this episode and previous episodes, the key and one being interest rates and the global economy. Um, but nevertheless, it still does speak for opportunity because I'm sure we'll all look back at this period of 2022 and think, why did I not buy then? Why did I not buy then? And unfortunately, history always repeats itself. So we are in a cycle. It's going down, but it will all most inevitably go back up. As again, this is not financial advice. It's just our learnings, experiences, and we thought we would share it with you. Um, we didn't want to go into too much detail. We wanted to keep the episode quite light so you could follow us um, as we spoke through it. But as always, if you have any feedback for us, please find us on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast. We always have our DMs open for you to, to share your thoughts, comments, and give us feedback. And you can also provide us any feedback in your comments, in the comment section. And last but not least, Please do leave us a review on any platform that you listen to us to. Would greatly appreciate your review and feedback. It helps us go in and keeps giving us the energy to produce such enlightening and inspiring episodes for you. Until next week, stay safe and God bless. Take off, take flight with you. Yeah,